Today is February 28th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer, and this is the last day of February. Look at God, and look at us. We have made it through another month, or at least we will have made it through another month by the end of this episode. This is also the last day of Black History Month. I am so proud of us. And while we've set aside this one month to commemorate Black excellence and the contributions Black people have made to American history, as well as the world at large, let's remember Black excellence is not a trend. It is not something that we can celebrate once a year and then forget about it until next February, particularly for those of us who are Black. Black excellence is something that we should be ever mindful of. Striving to be excellent is our way of honoring God, first and foremost, and not simply because we're Black, but because we were not created to be regular, mediocre, or below average. We were created to be excellent. Considering that we were created by the master of the universe, heavens and earth, to rule over every other living thing in creation, made in his image and formed by his very hand, we are the ultimate, the consummate masterpiece. So let's act like it, carry ourselves like it. And now let's flow into this word as this word flows into us. Leviticus chapter 22, verse 17 through chapter 23, verse 44. Good News Translation The Lord commanded Moses to give Aaron and his sons and all the people of Israel the following regulations. When any Israelite or any foreigner living in Israel presents a burnt offering, whether as fulfillment of a vow or as a free will offering, The animal must not have any defects. To be accepted, it must be a male without any defects. If you offer an animal that has any defects, the Lord will not accept it. When anyone presents a fellowship offering to the Lord, whether as fulfillment of a vow or as a freewill offering, the animal must be without any defects if it is to be accepted. Do not offer to the Lord any animal that is blind or crippled or mutilated, or that has a running sore or a skin eruption or scabs. Do not offer any such animals on the altar as a food offering. As a free will offering, you may offer an animal that is stunted or not perfectly formed, but it is not acceptable in fulfillment of a vow. Do not offer to the Lord any animal whose testicles have been crushed, cut, bruised, or torn off. This is not permitted in your land. Do not offer as a food offering any animal obtained from a foreigner. Such animals are considered defective and are not acceptable. When a calf or a lamb or a kid is born, it must not be taken from its mother for seven days But after that, it is acceptable as a food offering. Do not sacrifice a cow and its calf or a sheep and its lamb or a goat and its kid on the same day. When you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, follow the rules so that you will be accepted. Eat it the same day and leave none of it until the next morning. The Lord said, Obey my commands. I am the Lord. Do not bring disgrace on my holy name, 
all the people of Israel must acknowledge me to be holy. I am the Lord, and I make you holy. And I brought you out of Egypt to become your God. I am the Lord. The Religious Festivals The Lord gave Moses the following regulations for the religious festivals when the people of Israel are to gather for worship. You have six days in which to do your work, but remember that the seventh day, the Sabbath, is a day of rest. On that day, do not work, but gather for worship. The Sabbath belongs to the Lord no matter where you live. Proclaim the following festivals at the appointed times. Passover and Unleavened Bread The Passover, celebrated to honor the Lord, begins at sunset on the 14th day of the first month. On the 15th day, the Festival of Unleavened Bread begins, and for seven days you must not eat any bread made with yeast. On the first of these days, you shall gather for worship and do none of your daily work. Offer your food offerings to the Lord for seven days. On the seventh day, you shall again gather for worship, but you shall do none of your daily work. When you come into the land that the Lord is giving you and you harvest your grain, take the first sheaf to the priest. He shall present it as a special offering to the Lord, so that you may be accepted. The priest shall present it the day after the Sabbath. On the day you present the offering of grain, also sacrifice as a burnt offering a one-year-old male lamb that has no defects. With it, you shall present four pounds of flour mixed with olive oil as a food offering. The odor of this offering is pleasing to the Lord. You shall also present with it an offering of one quart of wine. Do not eat any of the new grain, whether raw, roasted, or baked into bread, until you have brought this offering to God. This regulation is to be observed by all your descendants for all time to come. The Harvest Festival Count seven full weeks from the day after the Sabbath on which you bring your sheaf of grain to present to the Lord. On the fiftieth day, the day after the seventh Sabbath, present to the Lord another new offering of grain. Each family is to bring two loaves of bread and present them to the Lord as a special gift. Each loaf shall be made of four pounds of flour baked with yeast and shall be presented to the Lord as an offering of the first grain to be harvested. And with the bread, the community is to present seven one-year-old lambs, one bull and two rams, none of which may have any defects. They shall be offered as a burnt offering to the Lord, along with a grain offering and a wine offering. The odor of this offering is pleasing to the Lord. Also, offer one male goat as a sin offering and two one-year-old male lambs as a fellowship offering. The priest shall present the bread with the two lambs as a special gift to the Lord for the priests. These offerings are holy. On that day, do none of your daily work, but gather for worship. Your descendants are to observe this regulation for all time to come no matter where they live. When you harvest your fields, do not cut the grain at the edges of the fields 
and do not go back to cut the heads of grain that were left. Leave them for poor people and foreigners. The Lord is your God. The New Year Festival On the first day of the seventh month, Observe a special day of rest and come together for worship when the trumpets sound. Present a food offering to the Lord and do none of your daily work. The Day of Atonement The tenth day of the seventh month is the day when the annual ritual is to be performed to take away the sins of the people. On that day, do not eat anything at all. Come together for worship and present a food offering to the Lord. Do no work on that day, because it is the day for performing the ritual to take away sin. Any who eat anything on that day will no longer be considered God's people. And if any do any work on that day, the Lord himself will put them to death. This regulation applies to all your descendants, no matter where they live, from sunset on the ninth day of the month to sunset on the tenth. Observe this day as a special day of rest during which nothing may be eaten. The Festival of Shelters The Festival of Shelters begins on the fifteenth day of the seventh month and continues for seven days. On the first of these days, Come together for worship and do none of your daily work. Each day for seven days, you shall present a food offering. On the eighth day, come together again for worship and present a food offering. It is a day for worship and you shall do no work. These are the religious festivals on which you honor the Lord by gathering together for worship and presenting food offerings burnt offerings, grain offerings, sacrifices, and wine offerings as required day by day. These festivals are in addition to the regular Sabbaths, and these offerings are in addition to your regular gifts. Your offerings as fulfillment of vows and your freewill offerings that you give to the Lord. When you have harvested your fields, celebrate this festival for seven days beginning on the 15th day of the seventh month. The first day shall be a special day of rest. On that day, take some of the best fruit from your trees. Take palm branches and limbs from leafy trees and begin a religious festival to honor the Lord your God. Celebrate it for seven days. This regulation is to be kept by your descendants for all time to come. All the people of Israel shall live in shelters for seven days, so that your descendants may know that the Lord made the people of Israel live in simple shelters when he led them out of Egypt. He is the Lord your God. So in this way, Moses gave the people of Israel the regulations for observing the religious festivals to honor the Lord. Mark chapter 9 verse 30 through chapter 10, verse 12, Jesus speaks again about his death. Jesus and his disciples left that place and went on through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where he was because he was teaching his disciples, the Son of Man will be handed over to those who will kill him. Three days later, however, he will rise to life. 
but they did not understand what this teaching meant, and they were afraid to ask him. Who is the greatest? They came to Capernaum, and after going indoors, Jesus asked his disciples, What were you arguing about on the road? But they would not answer him because on the road they had been arguing among themselves about who was the greatest. Jesus sat down, called the twelve disciples, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must place himself last of all and be the servant of all. Then he took a child and had him stand in front of them. He put his arms around him and said to them, Whoever welcomes in my name one of these children welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also the one who sent me. Whoever is not against us is for us. John said to him, Teacher, we saw a man who was driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because he doesn't belong to our group. Do not try to stop him, Jesus told them, because no one who performs a miracle in my name will be able soon afterward to say evil things about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. I assure you that anyone who gives you a drink of water because you belong to me will certainly receive a reward. Temptations to Sin If anyone should cause one of these little ones to lose faith in me, it would be better for that person to have a large millstone tied around the neck and be thrown into the sea. So if your hand makes you lose your faith, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life without a hand than to keep both hands and go off to hell to the fire that never goes out. And if your foot makes you lose your faith, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life without a foot than to keep both feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye makes you lose your faith, take it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with only one eye than to keep both eyes and be thrown into hell. There the worms that eat them never die, and the fire that burns them is never put out. Everyone will be purified by fire as a sacrifice is purified by salt. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have the salt of friendship among yourselves and live in peace with one another. Jesus teaches about divorce. Then Jesus left that place, went to the province of Judea, and crossed the Jordan River. Crowds came flocking to him again, and he taught them as he always did. Some Pharisees came to him and tried to trap him. Tell us, they asked, does our law allow a man to divorce his wife? Jesus answered with a question, what law did Moses give you? Their answer was, Moses gave permission for a man to write a divorce notice and send his wife away. Jesus said to them, Moses wrote this law for you because you are so hard to teach. But in the beginning, at the time of creation, God made them male and female, as the scripture says. And for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and unite with his wife, and the two will become one. So they are no longer two, but one. 
No human being must separate then what God has joined together. When they went back into the house, the disciples asked Jesus about this matter. He said to them, A man who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against his wife. In the same way, a woman who divorces her husband and marries another man commits adultery. Psalm 44, 1-8 A Prayer for Protection With our own ears we have heard it, O God. Our ancestors have told us about it, about the great things you did in their time in the days of long ago how you yourself drove out the heathen and established your people in their land, how you punished the other nations and caused your own to prosper. Your people did not conquer the land with their swords. They did not win it by their own power. It was by your power and your strength, by the assurance of your presence, which showed that you loved them. You are my King and my God. You give victory to your people, and by your power we defeat our enemies. I do not trust in my bow or in my sword to save me, but you have saved us from our enemies and defeated those who hate us. We will always praise you and give thanks to you forever. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. The more you talk, the more likely you are to sin. If you are wise, you will keep quiet. Whew, okay, so let's talk about this proverb real quick. What a short, powerful scripture filled with so much wisdom. There is a lot to unpack in just these few words, so much to consider and think about. The idea is clear. If you talk too much, especially when it is unnecessary, you may find yourself in sin. The wisdom here is so basic and yet so profound. We need to think before we speak and focus on the importance of the words we do speak. We need to carefully consider what we say. Is it necessary to say this? Is it beneficial in this moment? Is it beneficial in the long run? Does this even really need to be said? Will what I am about to say make this situation any better? Because we also need to think about how our words can either be profitable or detrimental to ourselves and to others. Words have immense power. We have talked about this. Y'all know it. The power of life and death is in the tongue. When we speak, we have a choice. We can choose to use our words for good or for evil. We can use them as weapons or we can use them as instruments or tools. We can build up others and ourselves or we can tear everything down in sight. This verse beckons us to exercise self-control and it's funny that that theme keeps coming up in our reading because sometimes we know we shouldn't say something. The wisdom is right there right beside the folly that is gassing us up to go on and say it. Our self-control, or lack thereof then, is revealed in our tongue. But before we can discipline our tongues, we have to first discipline ourselves. Remember that aphorism we had a few weeks back? As long as a word remains unspoken, you are its master. Once you utter it, you are its slave. 
And there's another one that's been attributed to Maurice Switzer that actually has its roots in Proverbs 17:28, And that is, it is better to remain silent at the risk of being thought a fool than to talk and remove all doubt of it. Simply by talking too much, we increase the chances that we will sin. How sway? You can probably think of your own examples, but by talking too much, we share too much. And before we know it, we have shared somebody else's business and then be telling the person we're talking to, ooh, do not say anything. Don't say nothing. You cannot share what I told you. See how we are? My mother used to say, if you're on the phone for longer than an hour, somebody lying. Then sometimes we slip up and slide into some gossip. Girl, did you hear about what's her name? Wasn't that crazy? Listen, she knew exactly what she was getting into, trying to act like she ain't know. See how easy it is? This sounds so natural, flowing off of my tongue. (laughs) Then we end up saying something hurtful or negative. And for what? How did it help anybody? And then we don't even feel good about it after the fact. We be thinking, oh, I hope she really doesn't say anything, because if she does, then I'm going to have to deal with that person. Another way, we talk for the sake of talking like Peter did yesterday, talking about they should have built a tent for Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. Y'all remember that? What, Peter? What are you talking about? He was just frightened and didn't know what to say. And how about this? It's okay to not know what to say. It is okay to just be quiet or say, I don't know what to say, and then be quiet. Now, I'm not saying that what Peter said was sinful, although another time, a time that we just read recently also, when Peter was just talking out, Jesus had to call him out and rebuke him. At that time, it was sinful. Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan, because your mind is way too low. You thinking about all this earthly stuff, Peter, I ain't on that. My mind is on things above where yours should be too. And then other times when we talk too much, we're saying things out of emotion or anger. We're just letting somebody have it or we're dominating or interrupting the flow of conversation and blocking others from having their say. Who wants to be that person for real? I know I don't. And I am a chronic oversharer, not about other people's business, my own. And I'll be walking away from some conversations like, Jennifer, what in the world were you thinking? Just been told all of your business. And then I have to pray, Lord, please just let my business be safe with them. Because once it's said, what can I do about it? I'm a slave because I uttered it. I am by nature an open-hearted person. I am very self-aware of what my issues are. And I hear stories sometimes, and I just want to let people know that they're not alone. So I be talking, 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 my empathy on full display. But sometimes I just need to be quiet and be present, which brings me to the B clause of that verse, which says that if we are wise, we will keep quiet. There is power in being a good listener. As we listen to others, we learn so much more. We show them that we care and we develop understanding and insight that we wouldn't have gained otherwise. That's the kind of person that wisdom produces, the kind of person all of us need to be striving to be. That listening ear is one of the most powerful ways we can encourage and help another person. And it starts with just being quiet. So today, as we move throughout our day or our evening, 
let's really think about how we are using our time. And now let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the gift of freedom that we have been given with our tongues. Help us to remember how powerful our words can be and how much influence our speech can have. Give us the strength to remain silent, the self-control when we need it so that our wisdom comes forth and we know what to say and what not to say and when to speak and when not to speak. Empower us to honor you with our words, in our conversations, and in our daily discourse. Lord, we ask that you would help us to hold our tongues so that what comes out of our mouths is always edifying and uplifting to you and to those we speak to, with, and about. Lord, we ask all of these things in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen. And our affirmation for today, I am an excellent listener and communicator. I train and tame my tongue to speak with wisdom. I am an excellent listener and communicator. I train and tame my tongue to speak with wisdom. And our aphorism, the less you think, the more you talk. That's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this adventure with me. I am so grateful that you continue to show up here every day. You belong here, and we belong together on this journey. I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.